0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for a special playoff edition of the Ninth State Sports Show. My name is Joe Marcellina. For the next half hour, we'll be talking some NHIAA football playoffs. My guest for this week and for the rest of the playoffs, uh, next three weeks, is Sohegan coach Mike Lachman. Uh, we're here at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, you know, you can reach out and get in touch with us by emailing nhhighschoolsports@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about over, you know, the next, uh, the rest of the playoffs, I guess two more weeks after this. But, coach, we're gonna. I know we ch- chatted with you earlier in the uh, during the regular season. Yeah. And uh, this week, though, in the next two weeks, we're just gonna talk playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You are one of. As far as coaches go, I know you are one of the biggest uh, high school football fans, at least in this immediate area. Uh, get tweets and messages from you about what's going on at other games so i know i know you're into this yeah absolutely um um, you know just uh before we get into that you guys finished out your season last week yeah um just what can you say about the year that you guys had obviously not where you wanted to finish up but i think as we talked about after your game two weeks ago you guys are taking steps towards getting back there the 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 future looks bright for you guys
1: yeah you know we it was certainly not what I think our players or or coaching staff had had hoped for you always hope for at least a playoff berth but um we were young and and we may have been we may have been less experienced than we were willing to admit to ourselves even coming into the season we graduated a lot of kids coming into uh into this year Uh, most of which had been two if not three year starters as you know by the time they were seniors so that meant that the group we were replenishing with as talented as they were and they were a really talented batch but they didn't have that game experience so um, so we you know we felt good about where we ended up in terms of I think some of the cultural things right the effort that we had Um, I was so proud of the way that our kids prepared for the last game Uh, a lot of times you coach teams that know that they're not going to be in the playoffs, which we're going to talk a lot about today. And, you know, that, that the practices aren't as good after that. You am not saying a team would give up, but there's just something missing from the motivation. And our guys never approached it that way. We, we approached those last couple games like they were our playoff games, and then we wanted to end on a strong note. So uh, that
0: felt great, and, and you can always be energized by that. Yeah, I was uh, just pulling up your schedule here because I know I wanted to, to mention this. You know, you talked about how maybe not being as experienced as you wanted to or, or thinking you were more experienced going into this year. Um, and we talked, too, about how tough your guys' schedule was this year. Uh, and I know Lebanon has talked about, you know, we had five playoff teams on our schedule. And they and they did, and they beat them, and they're in the playoffs. Yeah. You guys also are on, the, on that, too. You had five playoff teams on your schedule this year. A, a brutal September, uh, if you look at it, with – with games against, you know, John Stark, St. Thomas, Wyndham, and Milford, three of those being on the road. Yeah. Um, you know, those kind of things, though, I mean, that's what you you look at, those that adversity maybe, you know, those are the learning experiences there.
1: Yeah. You know, we looked at – we knew the schedule was going to be hard as soon as it came out, but uh, I think I had mentioned actually in the show we did back in September that our guys reacted really well to that. You know, they kind of nodded and smiled and said, okay, you know, hey, w- there's not going to be an easy road. We wouldn't have it any other way. But what we were really hoping for was to come out of that period healthy and with some success and and be able to tackle the second half. And unfortunately, we weren't able to come out of it too healthy. We, we got really banged up. Uh, I think it was the St. Thomas game. We really banged each other up yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. It was a physical game. We didn't. We, we made a, a lot of mistakes with the football in that game. But physically, we beat each other up. I think their quarterback was out for three or right, four weeks. Knocked, and, yeah, you knocked him out for a couple of weeks. And we lost, a, we lost a lineman or two in that game. And then we lost some more kids on the line when we played Wyndham so we were we were scrambling for personnel and uh and so we didn't come out as healthy as we wanted to but I think as a as a as a coach and um as a group of competitors you want that y- you know you 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 don't want anybody to say hey you got in because you played a bunch of you know a bunch of you know teams that weren't very right, good you right. know if, if you're going to get in you want to get in and be tested and Feel confident about who you played. So we like the schedule. Hopefully, <laughs> as crazy hopefully as that year, may sound, yeah. Ne- hopefully we'll, next
0: year it's a little a little bit of the reverse. We should be better positioned next year. Yeah.
1: Hopefully, if our guys work hard in the off
0: season, yeah, 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 yeah. To be to
1: be to face that.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the the health and um, I hadn't I you know saw you guys play week one against John Stark and then saw you again against Hillsboro. Yep. And uh, I when I got to that game it was last last Saturday morning, and I was like, wait a minute, I thought they had like at least another. 10 or 15 kids or just looking at your sideline and think yeah where'd the rest of them go yeah yeah we got got really banged up we got bit by the bug bad and uh
1: that affects you even if it's not starters when you don't have 65 guys you you lose the ability to have an effective practice sometimes in terms of the the quality of competition at practice so but again our guys they really they really stepped up and they did the best that they could in all of those uh, adverse situations that we were dealt, and I've I've been in situations over the past twenty some odd years where that's not the case, and so you got to take a positive out of that. We, we we did feel good about that, and I'm I'm really proud of the way our kids handled themselves through that stretch. Um, I can't say enough. You know, it would have been nice if we had had a little bit more success, but given what we were dealt, we couldn't ask for much more of them.
0: All right. Well, I, let's start. You know, we already started talking about Division Two a little bit. Um, let's stay there and start with the, what the playoffs look like there course um you know with the new um setup this year still the top eight teams getting in uh based on their ratings so this year you got what windham is the one seed and john stark is the two yeah the winners of the two conferences um you got hanover at the three plymouth at four which kind of you know you look at that they go into last weekend needing to win to get in and they do and then they jump all the way up yeah, to the four they end up up uh, there st thomas at five uh you know, And then you've got Lebanon that, same thing, needed to win to get in, and it jumps four teams to yep. to get in. Um, and then bow and Hollis-Brookline to round out that top eight. Um, kind of maybe a loaded question here for you. You saw five of those teams, um, John Stark, St. Thomas, Wyndham, Milford, and Hollis-Brookline last week. Yep. Which one of those five, which one – and maybe, maybe this is kind of an obvious <laughs> question. Which one do you think is the one – that you need, you know, that you're thinking is going to be the one at the end there at UNH.
1: I can tell you, you know, so it, it didn't come as any surprise to anyone. I think either you in the media or us as coaches that that Stark and Wyndham were, you know, if one, not one two, two yeah. at least top yeah. four, right? I, I
0: mean, John Stark was a very high quality team, and we saw that firsthand and week I, one. I was I was stunned that they, they lost that game to Bow. Like, yeah, I know Bo's a good team, but yeah. I really didn't think on senior night on their home field. I, that surprised me.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't get the details on that game, but, you know, it's interesting. Senior night can go both ways. It can be a motivator, and it can be a distraction. As a coach, you tr- you guard against it being a distraction as best you can, but sometimes they come out a little over zealous and, right. uh, yep. and Bo is a very methodical, well-coached group, and they may have been able to take advantage of that. I, I don't know because I wasn't there, but uh, it's hard to go undefeated. It really <laughs> yeah. is, you yes, know. I is. mean, the target gets bigger and bigger. Um, and, and teams try harder and harder to knock you off, and, uh, and that's hard. And I think, especially for a, a, a talented um, team like John Stark, but they haven't been there. So it, it, you know, to, to learn as a, as, a, a, as a group to cope with that target on your back is a very different deal when it's not something that you're traditionally dealt with. So there might have been some of that to it too, but I think at the end of the day it's no surprise those two teams are, are there. Um, I, I, I would say that Wyndham has been there so much and, and, uh, Bill and Jack and the guys on that coaching staff are, are, really good at what they do. They've built a, a program, you know, not just, they're not just a good team. They have a really good program. I think you've got to, you've got to sort of think about Wyndham, not just because they're undefeated and it's obvious, but, but because yeah. Yeah. they do things really well, yeah. they're disciplined
0: good offense they're well coached they're going to be motivated um i would put them i I'd go out on a limb and say they would be the fifth best team in division one this year fourth or fifth they could be yeah. they're they're
1: you know they're, the argument is always when you talk about a really good d2 team yeah. against a really good d1 team is that yeah we might beat them on any given day but can we stand S- that battle it. yeah uh, you yeah. know week to week but Wyndham. I, I, you know they might be equipped to do that they really may and uh i'm certainly not saying i think that's where they belong or that's <laughs> yeah, where oh they no, should go because no. but not yet, but not yet give it a couple right
0: year. when the school gets over a thousand <laughs> kids and, and yeah they've, they've still got a hundred coming out and 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 they, they you know they all look like they could uh take on just about anybody yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, yeah you brought up a good point there with john stark that i kind of wondered about all year, and, and another. I thought the same thing at times about a Division One team that you're familiar with, too, in, in Merrimack. Yeah. Um, what happens when you get to that point? You know, John Stark, this is the first playoff game in, in school history. Right. And, I mean, that's that's a lot. That means a lot. Um, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they come out in that game on Saturday and there's a little bit of jitters, not saying they fall behind early or anything. It'll probably help, I think, that they're playing Bo again. You know, that they, they get to redeem themselves against yeah. that one loss. How much how much will that do you think that makes a difference? I think
1: there's a ton of different factors there with, with Stark's situation. It, it, it can be a double-edged sword with the it's our first playoff appearance in school history because it can be a huge motivator. Certainly, you know, that's not hard as a coach to get the kids up around that and get them to realize the importance of the focus that week and stuff. And it's probably not lost on those guys anyway because they are talented and they're a bunch of football players. And then you add the, the revenge factor into the rematch, and like I said, it's a double-edged sword. That can be a huge motivator, but it can also be a little bit of an emotional distraction if you're not careful about the way that I think you modulate that, right? So it's, it's part, hey, it's business as usual, we're going out, we're going to do our thing that we've been successful doing all year long, but... Let's keep in the back of our mind the importance of this moment that we're about to go into. You know, so it, it, I think that's a really good game. If anybody can get out and watch that one this week, that's an interesting. And it's, one. And it's
0: the two in the seven seed too, which is not often in playoff situations. to those games you look at and say, "Wow, right? You know, that's going to be a great one." Right. Um, so last the last two years we've had Wyndham and St. Thomas in the Division Two final. Uh, Wyndham winning two years ago, St. Thomas last year. We already know this year that they're not going to meet with. You know, Wyndham being the one seed, St. Thomas being the five, they're going to play in the semifinals if yep. if they both get through. Um, so who then is that other team from the bottom half of the bracket? Do you think that 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 gets? You know, do does? I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that it's Wyndham because that's I I think they're the favorite. I think that you know maybe St. Thomas will give them a good game or Plymouth will give them a good game in the semifinals, but I think ultimately they're going to get to that final. So who of that other four? Uh, then we got um, John Stark and Bo, and now I'm drawing a blank. Hanover and Lebanon, right? Um, which of those four teams do you think, if it's not John Stark, who is it? You know, I I've seen um, I've seen Hanover on film a few times,
1: and the comment I remember making to the coaching staff about about Hanover was, you know what, I don't know if there's a superstar on that team, but they have, you know. 11 guys on both sides of the ball. Now, I, I don't think they're too platoon, but whatever, 11, right. 22 yeah. guys yeah. that are all above average and work their tails off. I mean, when you look at the film of them playing, they stick on blocks, their backs run hard. They rally to the ball really well. Um, and, and they're a team that has not been there for a few years. You know, Hanover has a proud tradition. They've been down for a few years, uh, competitive, but not, right. not quite in the, in the playoff um, realm. I don't think. And, I'm pretty impressed with what they do because it's very methodical, and all of their players play with intensity and heart. Um,
0: Hanover could be interesting. Are they, are they the biggest surprise this year in Division Two? Hanover? I mean, I know, I know Bo had a good program in Division Three, though. Yeah. And to, I, didn't, I didn't think they were a playoff team moving up to Division Two. Clearly they are. But I think even Hanover, I think that's maybe the bigger surprise to me this year.
1: I think Hanover is a great story. Um, Certainly a surprise. You know, when when they started out and they were ripping off wins, you know, you had a tendency to think, okay, what's the quality of the competition? I don't know. I don't remember who they played. But like I said, when I saw them on film, I said, yeah, that's a legit old school football team where, again, not a superstar maybe among them, but... Eleven guys that are working for a purpose—that
0: <laughs> was clear. But they they opened the season with a, a big win at Laconia, which yeah, that to me was kind of eye-opening because I thought Laconia was going to be a team that was
1: yeah that would in it on. for
0: in, yeah that yep. would be in it for a playoff spot, and they did finish with a five and four record. Yep. Um, but you know, then they beat Merrimack Valley and Pembroke. I think it was that fourth game against Lebanon, where they beat them—you know, thirty-four to eight. Yeah. I mean, that was probably when you look at Hanover and say okay this is this is legit yeah, they're on a roll yeah. now you know so Hanover's certainly a candidate for that answer I
1: think I, I also think Hollis Brookline um, who was two and six or two and seven last year I forget what the right. what, two and I think it's two and se- yeah. two and seven yeah. um, and, and and very young um, but you never know how a team might respond you know when you're a young team and you take your lumps. Are you going to come back motivated, or are you going to come back and and you know kind of be oh no here we go again? Eh. And uh, you know I thought that they responded well. They they they're a playoff team. They're uh, they've got some some talent right. <laughs> certainly. Yep. So I think that is a is a nice surprise. And um, you mentioned Bo maybe not being as much as a surprise, but you never know what that transition that, is going to be jump. like. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of like what we said earlier about a, a Wyndham potentially being competitive in a D1 is that. The stock answer to that is we might be able to beat anybody on any given day, but how Can't, do you compete yeah. week to week? And Bo certainly has proved that
0: uh, week to week they're capable. All right, I want to jump over to uh, Division One now. Yeah. Um, which is a different, set, of course, a different setup than Division Two and Three. Um, Division One, we still got the four conferences: East and West played each other this year, North and South. So in the North-South cluster, we got Bedford and Salem um, this weekend, along with Goffstown at Merrimack. And then on the other side, it is uh, Nashua South at Exeter. And then a rematch, another rematch uh, from last week, BG at Nashua North. So three of the four games uh, we're playing again this week. Um, And I'd say only one of those games we actually truly saw what could happen again this weekend. Although I would be stunned uh, if Nashua North comes out and scores almost 70 points on Bishop Gertin. I know Bishop Gurton struggles against run-heavy offenses, but i don't think i don't i can't see them getting scores almost 70 points again
1: no i mean so credit credit north uh you know tremendous offensive performance but uh bg is is so well coached and i think many people focus on bg's offensive prowess right The, the the hurry up no huddle that jeff has and and uh but BG is well coached across the board and they have athletes and and so you know that they're going to go back they're going to look at film they're going to have a good plan in place for for Dante and his boys and uh, it it should be a good game because you also know that in the back of their minds BG is probably a little stung by that and there's a lot of pride at that program and they're they're going to come out fighting that should be an interesting matchup
0: you know someone asked me about that game if you know why did North keep scoring or, or when did why didn't they put in their JVs earlier and Dante made this point, Dante Lorendi, the North coach, made this point afterwards, is that they score so fast sometimes that it's never really over with them. And right. which they've done that a couple times this couple times this year against, you know, Portsmouth saw that um, drawn a blank, but whoever they played not long after that same th- oh Alvern. Alvern same yep. thing happened to them. Yeah. Um, you know, BG had a fourteen to nothing lead on Nashville North last week. Four minutes into the game, yeah, and it was about to be twenty-one nothing, and then all of a sudden, it just it, it, it switched, and yeah, it
1: makes the traditional thinking about the uh, whatever you want to call it, the sportsmanship, the the sort of mercy deal of hey, we're not right, going to yeah. we're going to we're yeah. going to get our dudes out now, uh, a little bit different because they are one, they are so talented, but two, they do have the capability to hit you from anywhere, um, that you you can't quite just say okay, let's call off the dogs, um, because. They're going to keep fighting, and they
0: can put it up fast. And God help you if you miscalculate when you're putting your your second team (laughs) in. Because I I actually (coughs) heard some of the coaches standing on the sideline in that fourth quarter thinking, all right, how many – if we score in here and don't get the two, and then they score two more and get a two, you know, where where does that put it? They were trying to do the math real quick on the sideline. Um, But it was – I was – the last time I had seen North before that game was that just debacle against Exeter. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it was complete night and day. I mean, North looked like what Exeter was in that game, except, you know, with a little bit more of the, the home run capability. Right, right. Um, and it, it's, it, I think you're going to get, I, I don't know what you're going to get from North uh, yeah. uh, going into this game. I, I, you know, I, I think it would be more of that. But do they come in a little overconfident? I mean, is that something as a you know that you think about? Yeah, it, it's so hard to tell, especially
1: with this unprecedented rematch situation. I mean, you know, maybe not a whole lot of fun last week. You know, where you could sit there and say, well, this kind of stinks. You know, I don't know how much this is. Uh, you know, I think the Merrimack Town game was completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, oh a well couple yeah. others were for seeding, yeah. maybe, or for home field at least. Bedford
0: and Salem was complete. Was there was no? They were too, right? they might they were glorified
1: scrimmages right. basically. But it makes the story this week that much more fascinating because now it becomes okay. So, so you know, what was the game plan last week, and who held what back potentially? Uh, you know, maybe not even necessarily schematically, but just even emotionally a little bit. What do you? What do you keep in reserve, knowing that what really matters is what you're going to face coming out the following week? So, it'll be interesting to see. I, I you know, I, I, I know some of the coaches on these staffs, and I had asked one of my friends, so, you, you know, of one of these groups that knew they were going to be in the same group again, playing the same game again. I said, so how do you guys approach that? You know, like what's? The, I've never been faced with that before, certainly, and I've been around for a couple decades. So what what are you going to do? And I think there's no right answer to that. You can approach it. Um, bunch of different ways and there's pluses and minuses you can go all out say well hey if we if we perform well and blow them off the map potentially then we're gonna have a ton of confidence going into the next game that'll be good um or you can hold back a little bit and risk not having the confidence so
0: it's it's um you know if you don't perform well so it, it, it maybe almost depends on what kind of team you have too yes like if you know your kids can handle you know okay maybe we lose a game right And if they can handle that and come back the next week.
1: Yeah. I think it depends on your, your, your team, the team you're going against. And as a coaching staff, how well do you communicate and sell the intent in that, in the first game, in the last, you know, that last game of the regular season when you know you're going in, right? If, if my uh, philosophy were, for example, I'm not saying it would be, but if my philosophy (laughs) was, hey, let's hold back, let's maybe keep some of our key guys out, get healthy, then we would have to start on Monday, Selling that to our kids as this is the best thing for our program, regardless of the outcome or how we perform, we're doing this because what matters is next week. And
0: so, it, it, I think a lot of it depends on your capability of selling that to your players. It's not a philosophy as a coach, I would imagine. You, you okay, when you're writing down, or maybe I don't know how you how you do those kind of things. You don't sit there and say, "What's my one what of my theories going to? What am I yeah. going to think when I have to play the opponent two weeks in a row? No, and one is meaningless and one's a playoff game. It's yeah, That's it doesn't like, cross your yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the other side of that, um, that bracket there, south at Exeter, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Nashua alum. Um, you know, I, I was kind of pulling a little bit for yeah. south uh, against over last week, and what was the, I'm, I'm telling people, was the best to worst game I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, 13 turnovers in that one. South rallies from a 12-point deficit in the fourth quarter to win with 40 seconds left on a fourth down play. Yeah. Uh, where I thought Sean Holland was going to throw the ball through Derek Downing. I mean, it was – I thought I heard the wi- the laces whistle as they as it went around. But yeah. um, I think that was their playoff win. I, I don't see how they're going to go unless they cleaned up a lot of that stuff. I don't see how you go to Exeter and yeah. turn the ball over even – once twice and, and and come out with a win it's
1: a challenge you know i mean you, you talked about the surprises in d2 i mean south i think is a is a great story in d1 because um they've struggled a little bit the last couple years and they're you know i know uh, some of those guys pretty well we've right. yep. and together so i know scott knight and his staff do a tremendous job with those guys they're they're really really good whether it's weight room stuff off season or whether it's just technique work or the scheme stuff those guys really know what they're doing so i was i was so happy to see south do well this year but um i'm also really familiar with exeter (laughs) (laughs) um we 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 coached against exeter for many years when i was at merrimack right and we were both division two programs in the old setups yeah where there were four or five divisions and um they're tremendous at what they do um bill ball may be you know, Bill and Brian O'Reilly may be the best coaches in the state. I'm sure there's not a whole lot to debate there, probably. But um, they're methodical. They're physical. Um, the quarterback is a pretty good weapon,
0: which sometimes in... Doesn't happen often right. w- with that kind of offense. Yeah. Right. So when right. I
1: think when they have that going, they're very dangerous. And Exeter is one of those programs where we, we talked earlier in the show where they've been there. Their expectation is you know, we're, we're, we're going to win. We're a top team. We're a playoff team every year. Uh, it's a disappointment if we're not in the finals. So they have a lot of that
0: going for and you, them. And you look at this, too, and, and I don't think this gets talked about often, is they moved up to Division One. I, it's, I want to say maybe six years ago mm-hmm. or so, went 0-11, 0-10, 0-11 that first yeah. year. And there were people talking outside of the program. Oh, they don't belong here. They they need to move yeah. them back down. They can, you know this is ashamed. this is terrible. Why why would they do this? And then Exeter comes out and wins back to back championships yeah. the next two years in Division One in very against convincing yeah fashion. in convincing fashion. Yeah. Loses I think three games in that space, if even that. Yeah. And one of them was to win a kind of who was still in Division Two, right. which is you a know, huge rivalry a game. Huge Anything rivalry game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the next year they come out and they're a semifinal team. Um, they lost that great Concord team, uh, that won, went undefeated and won it that year. The next year they, or, or I'm sorry, they were a quarter. F- now I'm getting my years mixed up.
1: Yeah. Cause they're that there every semi- year. So yeah, they are there every do. year. No, they were, a sem- <laughs> it
0: was, it was back to back semifinals cause they went to bed for the next year, yep. gave an undefeated Bedford team all it could handle yep. and, and, and fell there. And then last year they're in the championship game against golfstown Um, it would not be a surprise to me if Exeter wins it or is, is at least there yeah. and giving, you know, whoever ends up there from the other side a competitive game. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they're just
1: and, – and so much attention gets paid to, uh, you know, what they do on offense, how methodical they are, but they're, they're really good on D year in and year out. They're well-coached, disciplined on D. They, they focus on special teams. I mean, they're just – they're a good program, and you can – you can you can look at this matchup, and I do think it's an interesting matchup. But I I, I think that they have a good chance of advancing deep.
0: Uh, looking at the other side, uh, like I said, Goffstown and Merrimack, Salem at Bedford. I was looking at that Salem Bedford game a week ago and thinking if there was going to be an upset in Division One, and it's hard. I I feel like saying that the unde- one undefeated team in Division One might be the one that's primed for the upset. Um it, it seems weird. But looking at Salem, looking at, at the speed of, of Josh Sabanda um on that turf at yep. Bedford makes a huge difference. I think though there's a possibility that he may not be ready to go by Friday, got hurt in that game last week. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he I'm not exactly sure what it was, but I just heard that there's a chance yeah he's not ready to go Friday or I'm excuse me, Saturday. Well, maybe that helps having that extra day. Um but if he is in that game and he's hundred percent Adding that I, Bedford doesn't have anybody with that kind of speed, right? I think that could make a difference. Oh, absolutely. I um,
1: I've seen a little bit of Salem on film. Know Bedford really well. Uh, you know, we we scrimmaged them in the preseason and uh, had a chance to coach a number of their kids at the, uh, at the showcase that that Derek Stank uh, puts on. Um, that's going to be a good matchup. I, I I was a little bit more surprised than you at how close that game was. Um, And that's not to take anything away from Salem. Salem's tremendous. And and quite honestly, uh, you know, this is kind of my game of the week. Honestly, I I, I think if, uh, you know, you can't be a million places at once. Oh yeah. If I'm going to a game. I haven't figured that one out yet. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Give me me a few more years. Yeah. This is my game (laughs) of the
1: week, I think, because I think Bedford is obviously very talented and they're an emotional team, meaning uh, they've always been really good at getting emotionally prepared for a game. So you, you know, you think about that was that was probably Bedford's
0: closest game this year, except for maybe the Merrimack the Mer- game. The, yeah, the Merrimack yeah. game, probably. Well, uh, Timberline they needed to come back. Cent- Central gave them a game, pretty close game right. too. So right, so they haven't just rolled through yeah, people. But no.
1: you know that Derek and his staff are going to have those guys focused and and uh, I don't mean whipped up to an emotional frenzy, but they're going to be ready to take on that challenge. Um, but, the, but I've seen Salem. Uh, I saw a little bit of Salem last year. I've seen a little bit of them this year. Um, they're not too dissimilar from Exeter in terms of their, their execution is really good. Um, they've, got, um, they've got a lot of talent in their offensive backfield, obviously, um, and, and, it, and it's not just him. There's, there's a couple guys back there that can carry the mail, um, but they execute really, really well. They play good defense. Um, you know, a different style than Bedford certainly, but um, that's my game of the week. All three divisions. I'm I'm yeah. excited about See, that. See, yeah,
0: my one. mine the one I'm and I'm I'm planning on go to, going to it. I may change my mind by Saturday, because um, we're recording this on Tuesday this week. Right, so it's right. still pretty early. I may <laughs> I may change my mind three or four times by then. But I'm right now. I'm looking at I go the that Goffstown Merrimack game. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think you know with you throw Bedford in there too. And possibly three of the four best teams in Division One, One of them's going to be out in the quarterfinals. Yeah. One's going to be out in the semifinals. And then, you know, potentially one's in the championship game. Yeah. Um, this could be in other years, Merrimack, Goffstown, this game could have been a championship game, could have yep. been a semifinal game. Um, I don't know again merrimack is that like that john stark going into the playoffs and these kids haven't played in a playoff game yep um you know they haven't been in this situation i know they've played like a team on a mission all year um you know when you talk about bedford playing a lot of close games this year merrimack's had the exact merrimack has been steamrolling team that's right. why i've been i've been putting them at number one in my power poll each week because i i think that's the yeah. thing they are yeah um And I think Offstown, you know, I think Offstown could give them a better game than they did last week with something on the line here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Merrimack is a tremendous story, but not a surprise. You know, I think I think they would I think they would have liked to have been a surprise. But I think everybody knew what they had coming. Um, It's interesting because as we were talking about Stark, I was I actually had Merrimack in the back of my brain thinking, okay, when we go to Division one, I'm going to make that same comparison. But, you know, I, I don't know Kip Jackson tremendously well. But I know Kip fairly well. You know, we've had exchanges uh, over the last couple of years, and I, and I know members of his coaching staff fairly well. And, you know, th- his approach to this is going to be as Bill Belichick as, as you can be at the high school level. They're, they're going to go about their business. They're going to keep those guys humble. Uh, they're going to make sure they understand the gravity of the situation, you know, again, so they can be excited about it and have that edge. But at the same time, their goal was not to make the playoffs. Their goal is to win the championship, I think, at Merrimack. So, and they've been preaching that since the day they walked off the field uh, in, in, in 2015. So uh, j- knowing Kip and his staff and how, uh, how good they are at that type of thing, preaching that type of thing, I don't think Merrimack is primed to come in and, uh, and, and have the jitters effect. I, I think they're going to play their best football in these next three weeks now whether that means they win or not i don't know we'll have to go watch the games yeah, but yeah but uh i i don't think if they if they do not make it to the finals it's not going to be because of that factor
0: i don't th- yeah. I, I that's my belief anyway um you know they've been breaking a lot of streaks there this year the the 11 years since the last playoff appearance yep. um they beat timberlane two weeks ago first time in 11 years yep. or 11 tries i think 2004 being the last. 2004. Um, I was there for the both <laughs> of those things. Yeah. <laughs> the win win over um, Pinkerton, first one since 95. 95
1: semifinal. Um, yep.
0: So that would have also been the last playoff win, too, would have been 95. That's correct. So we're going at 21 years now. I mean, the kid, all these kids weren't alive when right. the last time Merrimack won a playoff game. Jeez, yeah, I was out of high school when I went to that game. <laughs> <laughs> just out of high school, just but now, I was yeah. out of high school when I went to see that game. Um, just it's, it's That's kind of stuff. I feel like doesn't often happen in New Hampshire because so many times it ends up being either the new kids, like Bedford, Wyndham, um, you know, Sohegan back in the 90s, yep. or the old standbys, Nashua schools, the Manchester schools, Pinkerton, Pinkerton um, Exeter, Plymouth, Yep. you know, they're, that they're consistently there. To get teams back into it, and, and I guess John Stark falls into this category too, yep. get teams into it that aren't normally there I think drives the interest. Absolutely, it, it's 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 a ton of fun. Um, at the beginning of
1: the year, when when we were talking about uh, Merrimack, Conval, uh, John Stark, I mean, when was the last time those were in the preseason discussions? Um, you know, when it was <laughs> I'm going to guess that never, <laughs> not for a while. Merrimack at Merrimack, least Merrimack yeah. was
0: probably in it, but the other two, no. But no. but
1: you know, tremendously good for those programs for football in the state. Um, anytime you get that kind of. Mix up of, of the of the status quo. I think it just validates um, how cool the sport can be in New Hampshire, and that and that you really do have a chance, depending on how hard you work, to to make something special happen.
0: Uh, any thoughts on Division Three? Um, I know I I don't know about you. I personally don't get to see a lot of those teams. Yeah. Um, I saw a little bit of the Campbell Somersworth game this year. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't believe I was at a Division Three game. Uh, which is probably a horrible thing for me to say. Yeah, I, I haven't seen
1: much. I, I'm I'm pretty familiar with Campbell. Right. Um, we scrimmage yep. them and, and do some uh, joint practice uh, activities with them every year since I've been at Sauhegan. So I know Greg Gush really well. Um, there's a couple other members of his coaching staff that I know pretty well. Campbell's pretty good. I I, I think um. I think they're young and, and fairly inexperienced, but I know that. For example, I know Greg had said in the paper after they lost to Minadnock, we really did feel like we could play with these guys, but we made some mistakes along the way and, and um, I know that they would look forward to that opportunity to play Minadnock again, but the other which, team which I'm, they now might actually get because right. of the uh, the tweak to the, the brackets. Yeah. Right. And and, and is a team I'm very familiar with. You know, we, we uh, when I was the offensive coordinator at Hollis Brookline we used to scrimmage them every year. That carried right over into playing them. Uh, every year that I've been at Sauhegan, except for this past year with the realignment. And uh, that's, a, that's a, another one of those contrast in style type of games. I, I, I certainly think Campbell can run the ball, but they're a little bit more open playbook, um, multiple receiver type stuff. And um, Coach Patnode's team is a little bit more of a double tight end. Uh, you know, we're going to get after you and you're going to have to stop us type of approach. They can throw the ball really well, by the way. I've, I've seen that yeah. firsthand this year. Um, they do have a good quarterback and some good skill position people, but they prefer to grind you out, and, uh, and that served them well. Um, so those
0: are two teams that I think
1: could be there in the end. Um, who else do we have we've Of course, so we've got
0: Monadnock is the number one seed out of the north playing Summersworth, the four out of the south. Oh, they're in the the other bracket. side of that bracket, now that the NHIA has flipped them, yeah. which I thought this was what it was supposed to look like, uh, Stevens is actually the number three out of the north, And they'll host Campbell, um, the number two out of the south, because Stevens has a higher rating, football rating. And then on the other side of the bracket, uh, Bishop Brady, the number one seed out of the south, plays Newport, the four in the north. And then interlakes Moltenboro, the number two out of the north, hosts Winnesquam, uh, the number three out of the south. So we're looking at if higher seeds hold Campbell-Monadnock in the semis. Stevens, of course, hosting that game, so it would be no surprise I think to anyone, if they end up, if it ends up being monadnock Stevens again, yep. uh, the rematch of a game that happened, you know, a week ago. Yeah. Um, Bishop Brady again, the, the top uh, seed in the bottom half of the bracket, and Interlakes Moultonboro, last year's runner-up, uh, the number two. Um, again, like I said I don't know a ton about these teams. I haven't seen much about them. just what I've read, you know, in different yeah. media outlets. But uh, from everything I've seen, it's. Uh, the Menadnock Invitational is, yeah. Justin McIsaac likes to likes to call it.
1: Yeah, you you know, I don't think it's gonna surprise anybody if Menadnock rips their way through it. Um, I mean, certainly anything can happen. Like I said, I, I I know Greg Gush at Campbell really well, and I he believes in his heart. You know, if, they a, can, if a few things had gone well, yeah. you know they would they they would have been able to play with Menadnock, right. and, and that's probably true. Um, and then you've got Newport, who's who's obviously been there, you know, uh, uh, you know, under different conditions and with different
0: dudes. But um, I, oh. I think. Oh, sorry, I was just, uh, oh. just going to say how quickly f- we forget. Two two years ago, Campbell was in the same situation, g- had right. to go play Bo in the semifinals, and we all said, "There's no way Bo has lost." I think one game, um, maybe two games, the previous two years, yep. and was the clear-cut favorite to win division three that year and Campbell Campbell goes up there and beats and and not only beats them but then goes on and beats uh, you know higher seeded Newport team in the final right so as much as we would look at this and say it meant this manad knocks to lose yeah anything can happen anything can happen
1: and you know but it's still hard for me just because I know I know i knock I know a lot of those players we played against they were very junior heavy last year and we were a seven and one team regular season last year and it took us a goal line stand and a fumble on our own one-yard line, we had to recover a, a, a Monadnock fumble to seal that game. We won 14-13, I think. <laughs> um, and we, we, were, we were, had a good team last year. We were very good. And so and a lot of those same kids from Monadnock are back. So they're, I would guess if, they're, if their mindset is correct going into the playoffs and they're ready to play their brand of football, they're going to be very difficult to, to stop.
0: Well, Mike, we made it through week one, our first all week right. of the playoffs. Uh, thanks again uh, to my guest Mike Lockman for joining me uh, to chat the playoffs, uh, going into this weekend's quarterfinal games. Again, all games on uh, Saturday, November 5th. Uh, I've got a couple of interesting things going on this week on the website. We'll be covering um, the volleyball semifinals, Division One and II, uh, Wednesday and Thursday this week. Um uh, of course, I uh, have a couple of different games covered on Saturday, football games on Saturday. Uh, don't forget, too, you can still order your, uh, if you haven't done so yet, pre-order your uh, nhhighschoolsports.com uh, football yearbook for 2016. Uh, there's a link up on the up on the site. If you go up to the top, it says yearbook. Click on that to watch a uh, fun little video that I've put up there, or maybe not fun's not the right word, but at least a little <laughs> video that I put uh, up there. An exciting an video. exciting video. Right, there we know. go. That's a much better <laughs> word. Um We'll be having those sent out, uh, you know, mid-December probably. Um, and thanks again for everybody to everybody for listening. I'm Joe Marcellina, and uh, check this out on nhhighschoolsports.com.